0: Hello and welcome to Pastor Rick's Daily Hope, the audio broadcast ministry of Pastor Rick Warren. Your mind is the greatest gift God has given you. That's why today we continue with a series called Rethinking Your Life. In these lessons, Rick shares nine biblical pillars we need to reshape our minds so that we can become more like Jesus Christ. Right now, here's Pastor Rick with part one of a message called how to Win Over Persistent Temptations.
1: We're in this series where we're trying to uh, look at key areas of our lives from a new, fresh perspective, because we often get it wrong, our perspective's often wrong, and we want to get it from God's perspective. The Bible calls this repentance. This is a series on repentance, and I told you each time that the word repent, metanoia in the Greek literally means change your mind, metanoia. Noia, change your mind. Anytime you change your mind, anytime you rethink something, and you learn to see it from God's point of view, that's repentance. And so we're looking at all different areas of our lives. What, we're changing our, our, the way we thought about God, and changing the way we think about ourselves, and changing the way we think about life, and last week we talked, looked at changing the way we think about sin. And uh, this weekend, I want us to look at uh, changing the way we think about temptation. Because uh, we often get stuck in a cycle of um, good intentions, failure, and then guilt. And then good intentions and failure and guilt. Good intentions fail- and God doesn't want you to live in that cycle. Uh, and so we're gonna look at how do you win over persistent temptation. And the way you win over persistent temptation is not by resisting it, but by rethinking how you actually see Temptation. This is going to be a very practical uh, uh, message and maybe some areas of your life you have just habitually stumbled in, anger or envy or gossip or impatience or whatever, um, I think what we're going to look at today from God's word is going to be a big, big help. So get out your message notes and a, a pencil uh, as we look at the reason for uh, uh, rethinking how we look at persistent temptation. I'm gonna give you nine biblical ways to do that. Tom's gonna help me out here. As I said, very, very practical. So let's get right into it. What does the Bible say? If I wanna get victory over the areas of my life that I keep stumbling in, the habits, then I go, I don't like these things about me, but I just keep doing them over and over and over. How do I I break that cycle in my life? Well, there are eight or nine things that you do. Number one, first thing, understand how temptation works. You can't defeat temptation if you don't understand how it works. Now, the only good thing we can say about Satan is that he doesn't have any new ideas. He's used the same temptations over and over for thousands of years. The ones that he used on the first couple, Adam and Eve, he's still using today. He doesn't have any new strategy. And that's why the Bible says we don't want you to be ignorant of how Satan works in your life because when you understand how he works, then you go, I see it coming. And the key is not resisting those temptations, but rethinking and, and knowing how to respond to what you know is a predictable pattern that he has in, in tempting you. Now that pattern is in Genesis chapter three, uh, in the very first uh, temptation where Satan comes to Eve and he says, uh, look at this good fruit over here. God has said, don't eat any of the trees, uh, but, but, but that was, by the way, a lie. Uh, God had said, you can eat of any of the tree except this one. It was a minimum amount and the Bible says it looked good for food and he said, did God really say don't eat this? And then he said, "Uh, go ahead and try it. And he said, you know, you're not gonna die if you eat this, you're gonna be a God yourself. Mm -hmm. Now, that is a pattern that Satan uses in your life literally every day and it's there, I wrote it down there on your outline, Uh, the pattern, for temptation. Every temptation goes through these same four steps. The first is it starts with a wrong desire inside of me. Now, let me clarify that. It could be a wrong desire, like envy, or lust, or gossip, or impatience, or I want revenge. Those are wrong desires. Or temptation can actually start with a right desire, a natural, a legitimate desire, but it is a temptation to fulfill it in the wrong way or the wrong time. Let me say it again. A temptation comes from something in in your life that's wrong and you shouldn't do it, like get even with somebody, retaliate, or it could be, you have a lot of normal desires, like you have a desire for food, you have a desire for sex, uh, you have a desire to breathe, you have a desire to be loved, there's nothing wrong with those desires. But when we go to have those desires met in our lives in the wrong way or at the wrong time, then it becomes temptation. That makes sense? So the temptation can be a wrong desire or it can be a right desire, wrong time, wrong way, illegitimate way. Temptation takes something that's routine in your life and it turns it into runaway. And all of a sudden you can't think about anything else but that. And any desire, even good desires in your life, any desire in your life out of control is now destructive. Any desire, even a good desire, out of control becomes destructive. So it starts with the desire. Step two is then Satan says, doubt God's word. And he goes, did God really say, and, and Satan says to this to you every day, every day of your life. Did God really say, Don't get even. Did God really say uh, don't have sex outside of marriage? Did God really say um, whatever? He could say it a thousand different ways. Satan tries to get you to question God's word. Did God really say? And then he substitutes that doubt with his deception. I told you in the first message of this series, behind every sin that I commit, is a lie that I'm believing. Behind every every time you sin, you're believing a lie that's not the truth. All of a sudden, you've not believed what God said, you've believed what Satan said, and that's a lie. So we go from desire to doubt to deception, okay? And when I I agree with that and I, I, I believe, I know what'll make me more happy than God does. I've just bought into a lie. Everybody's doing it, I've just bought into a lie. There won't, there's no problem with this, it's not that bad. I've just bought into a lie. And when I do that, then we go to the fourth step, which is disobedience, and then I get hooked and defeated. So you just need to know that every time you sin, Satan's gonna whisper in you, you got this natural desire, nothing wrong with that. And then he's gonna say, did God really say? And then he's gonna say, it, it's not that bad, it's okay. You can get away with it. It won't hurt you. Everybody's doing all these different things, and then you fall for it, and you get hooked. Now, once you understand that, the second thing you need to know is I need to know what makes me vulnerable, and this is different for every one of us. What makes you vulnerable to temptation and to sin? What makes you give in to it? In Ephesians chapter four in the Bible, it says, verse 27, do not give the devil... A foothold. He said, don't, don't give him a place in your life he can start leveraging to, to tempt you and to, to get you messed up and to get you off out of whack. Now, what's the most common foothold Satan gets into your life? Do you know what it is? Do you know what is the most common foothold that you give Satan uh, in your life that allows him then to do all these temptations? I'll tell you what it is any negative emotion. Anytime you have a negative emotion, you've just given Satan a foothold in your life and you're gonna be more vulnerable than at any other time to temptation. That's why the Bible says in Proverbs 4.23, above all else, guard your heart. Above all else, guard your heart, for it affects everything you do. Now, why does God say guard your heart above everything else? Your heart is the center of your emotions. Now, I want you to listen very closely, and we're gonna cover a lot of material today, so I know it's gonna be like an overload, drinking from a fire hydrant, but (laughs) to defeat temptation, you don't focus on your behavior, what I'm about to do. Instead, you wanna identify the thoughts that you're having, and the feelings that come out of those thoughts. Because that's how Satan hooks you. Not your behavior, but your thoughts. What am I thinking, the doubt and the deception, that's gonna cause me to have the emotion, that's gonna cause me to get hooked, that's gonna cause me to give in to whatever I'm doing? You see, Satan plays with your emotions every day of your life. He hooks your feelings. You know what I'm talking about? Satan is a master manipulator of your moods. And so he gets you in certain moods, he gets certain emotions going in your life and those emotions are from your thoughts and once he's got you emotionally involved, you're done. You're cooked, put a fork in it, you're, it's over, okay? Because the behavior is gonna happen once your emotions have kicked in, then I wanna do this and my emotions are gonna lead me. So he's a, he, he's a manipulator of your moods. Now you are far more vulnerable to temptation when you have certain emotions in your life than at other times. Sometimes Satan can tempt you, doesn't bother you at all because you're not emotionally hooked. But when certain emotions, negative emotions, start rising in your life, you're getting set up by Satan for a downfall, all right? Now, today, I wanna give you a little spiritual EKG. The Bible says guard your heart. I want you to do a heart checkup right now because you need to know your current emotional status and and what's out of whack so that then you go, well, I don't wanna be vulnerable in this area. Now I've given you a list here of emotional states and I'm gonna ask you as I go through these to you to give yourself a number, zero, one, two, three, or four. Zero meaning being more of the negative side, four being more of the positive side. For instance, I've given you 10 things here. Like right now, am I more physically exhausted or am I more energetic and in shape? Okay, I want you to circle If you say, I'm totally emotionally, uh, physically exhausted, I shouldn't even be here. In fact, I may fall asleep on this next point. You give yourself a one, a zero, okay? And I give you permission to take a nap when Tom is teaching. Okay, but wake up when it comes back to me, all right? If you don't, no, no, I'm real, I'm in peak physique right now. I'm energetic and safe, then you give yourself a four. Okay, so give yourself a rating on which side of the scale you're on, zero to four. Physically exhausted, energetic and safe. Okay, how about the next one? I'm gonna have you total these in a minute and I'm gonna give you your score. Am I right now feeling more discouraged and pessimistic or am I feeling more encouraged and optimistic? I want you to rate yourself right now. This is not where you are all the time, it's where you are right now. Okay, how about number three? Am I more bored or discontented, or am I more challenged and contented? Bored and discontented, or do I feel challenged by life, but I'm contented, I'm not. certainly not bored. Okay, give yourself a zero on one side or up to the four on the other. How about, am I feeling right now more spiritually dry and empty, and we all go through these periods, or am I right now feeling more spiritually growing? Okay. Give yourself, rate yourself one, zero to four. How about this next one? Am I right now feeling lonely and distant? Uh, maybe the people I love are in another state. I'm distant from people I love. Feeling lonely and distant. Or do I feel loved and do I feel close to others right now? You know, geographic distance makes a big difference in your emotions. If you travel a lot, you have extra temptations. It's a fact of life. How about the next one? Am I right now feeling insecure or unsure about my future or whatever, or am I feeling more confident and secure? Give yourself an evaluation. Insecure unsure, confident and secure. Here's the next one on the spectrum. Right now, am I feeling deeply wounded or hurt, or on the other hand, do I feel understood and valued? Understood and valued. Give yourself zero to four. Next one. Right now, am I holding on to unforgiveness, or at the other end, have I forgiven everybody? In other words, am I holding on to anger? I won't let it go. Am I holding on to a grudge, bitterness, resentment? There's somebody I need to forgive, but I just don't, I don't want to forgive them. So I'm holding on to that. Will you give yourself a zero or one or low score? Or I've forgiven everybody, you can give yourself a four. When you hold on to hurt, you give the foothold to the devil. Next one, am I right now feeling sad? Or am I grieving a loss? Or am I feeling happy? Which one do I tend to feel right now? And finally, and number 10, right now are you feeling more frustrated about something in your life, or are you feeling more fulfilled or productive in your life? Okay, now I've given you 10, so add those up. Obviously, if you gave yourselves all ones, you'd have 10 points. If you gave yourself all fours, you'd have 40. So add them up right now and get your score. And while you're adding that up, I'm gonna give you the meaning of this in a second. When you mix several of these things together, like loneliness and frustration, and discouragement, it's a potent mix for temptation. And that's when you're most vulnerable. When you're frustrated and angry and hurt, that's a, that's a mixture that's a powerful combo. We start justifying, well, I deserve some comfort. And I, I, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this, all right? Now let me give you totals. If your total right now number is 35 to 40, you're in great shape. You're really in good emotional shape and keep going down that path. If you gave yourself anywhere between 25 to 35, you're vulnerable. And you need to be careful because you're vulnerable. You're easy pickings for Satan to tempt you. If you gave yourself, if you had 15 to 25 points, friend, you're in extreme danger. You are set up right now for a big, big fall, 15 to 25 points. If you had less than 15 points, my friend, my brother, my sister, you're in a crisis. You're in a crisis right now. You may not even know it, but you're in a crisis. You need help. Now, what I'm saying is that the more vulnerable you are emotionally, the more you're gonna fall for temptation. The stronger you are emotionally, the less you're gonna fall for it. Now, related to this is another question, and that is, how long have you been in this current situation, okay? Is this something I'm just in right now, or I've been in it for weeks, or months, or, or longer? The longer you're in the low numbers, the more vulnerable you are to Satan. The longer you're in loneliness and discouragement or grief or whatever, the longer you're in all of that left side, the more vulnerable you are, okay? Now, we got nine steps for how to build a system for overcoming temptation. First, I gotta know how temptation works. Second, I gotta know what makes me uh, vulnerable. The third, and Tom's gonna talk about this, is learn my pattern of temptation. You need to learn your particular pattern of temptation. Tom?
2: We all have patterns. Uh, we have unique fingerprints, we have unique heartbeats, unique voice prints, we all have patterns. We also have a unique pattern of temptation. There are things that tempt you that don't tempt other people, things that don't tempt you that do tempt other people. Mm -hmm. We have a very unique pattern, and Satan understands that pattern and uses it, so you better understand that pattern so he can't use it against you. Because if you understand the pattern in your life, you can identify problems in advance, and you can avoid the situations that cause temptation to be said yes to in our lives. The Bible calls this wisdom. Proverbs 14, 8, look at this verse. The wise man looks ahead. A fool tries to fool himself and won't face facts. So we gotta face the facts about our own temptation. The fool won't face the facts, they they rationalize. And you know what that means at Saddleback? To rationalize is to tell yourself rational lies. You're telling yourself something you believe, nobody else would believe it. Instead, we need wisdom. Mature people are self-aware of these patterns and that allows you to say no. What I'm saying is, Saying no to temptation isn't just saying no to temptation. It's learning to say no before you get to the place that you can't say no to the temptation. That's very key in our lives. So, how do you do that? How do you understand that pattern? There's some, a few ideas there, the pattern that's true in all of our lives. First, you got to understand questions to ask yourself When am I most tempted? What day of the week is it? What, what time of the day? Is it morning time? Is it, is it lunch? Is it, is it late evening? Everybody else has gone to bed. I'm all alone. When is it that you're most tempted? A lot of us uh, try to go on diets and find out we can handle any diet in the world until three o'clock in the afternoon. We're fine <laughs> until then. But from then on, it's just downhill. So you got to understand when you're most tempted. you got to understand where. Second is, where am I tempted? Is it at work Is it in my my kitchen where all the food is? Is it at a neighbor's? Is it at some 7-Eleven with the slushy machine that I've always loved? Not me, but maybe you. Is it at the sports bar? Is it at my computer all alone? Is it at the beach? You, You avoid those places because that allows you to avoid the temptation. You ask yourself, who is with me when I'm most tempted? Is it mostly when you're alone when you're tempted or is it mostly when you're with other people and they draw you into it? We all are unique in that. So understand that about yourself. You ask yourself number four, this is extremely important one. What temporary benefit do I get when I give in? Why am I saying yes? What is it that's causing me to say yes? Is it that I think it's gonna give me comfort? Does it seem to give me relief or it gives me temporary excitement or a false confidence? Hebrews 11.25 says there is pleasure in sin for a moment. We would not fall to temptation if it wasn't fun, if it wasn't pleasurable. To lie to yourself and say, oh, I don't really enjoy it. Of course you do. That's why you fall to it again and again. So you ask yourself, what is it that I'm falling for? And what's God's positive alternative to that? And then you ask yourself, number five, How do I feel right before I'm tempted? Mm. What are the feelings that are going on in my life that are gonna cause me to trip up? Is it frustration? Am I fearful? Maybe I'm just bored. Maybe I'm angry or lonely. Maybe I can't sleep, I've got insomnia. What Rick said a few minutes ago is what I'm saying again here. You gotta know the emotional triggers in your life. What is it that makes you vulnerable?
1: Okay, so first I've gotta know what emotions make me vulnerable, and they're the negative ones. And then second, I've gotta know the circumstances, the situations or the places or the people that make me vulnerable. Now if I don't spend time thinking that through, I'm not really serious about overcoming temptation. If you just blow this off and you never really give any thought to it, you're just gonna keep falling over for the same temptations, the same habits over and over and over. But if you spend some time and, and, and smart people, wise people, mature people, sit and go, they're self-aware. What makes me vulnerable? What emotions make me vulnerable? And what people make me vulnerable? What ex- you know, expressions and experiences and situations make me vulnerable? Once you know the answer to that, then you can go to step four, which is plan to avoid those situations. You just plan to avoid those situations. If I don't wanna get stung, I stay away from the bees. I don't walk into a beehive if I'm allergic to bee stings.
0: This is Pastor Rick's Daily Hope. We are so happy you've chosen to study along with us today. Here's Pastor Rick with a letter from one of our listeners.
1: You know, I love getting these letters from you when you write in from all around the world. My prayer is that Daily Hope will bring that hope that we find in God's Word to people in every nation. Here's a note from one of our listeners who actually lives in India. Uh, Dear Pastor Rick, it's a great honor for me to share how I get blessings from the Daily Hope devotional every day. It's already been a year and a half that I've been reading the Daily Hope devotional, and I thank God for these. I also share these devotionals through social media, like Facebook and WhatsApp, and I send the daily devotions to 40 different pastors and 50 different lay leaders and to some of my church members and friends. I send them all over central India and to almost 500 people across the country. Thank you so much for this Daily Hope devotional, and may God continue to use every reader who have been called by God for his purposes. With blessings, Reverend Lankin, pastor of the Kuki Baptist Convention, Manipur, India. Well, I love how a pastor, Lamkin is using Facebook. He's using WhatsApp to share these devotionals with hundreds of people in India. Do you realize that when you tell anybody about this broadcast, or when you pass on the, the written devotional, uh, you're actually partners with us in sharing the gospel all around the world. And the Bible says that as partners in ministry, we will share in the rewards together. Now, this is something anybody can do. And if you haven't thought about it, start making a list of people you could tell about Daily Hope. You could do this, anybody can do this. And if you go to our website, pastorrick.com, you can share it by broadcast, you can share the devotional, you can share it on social media with just one little click. Do you realize how easy that is? We're trying to help you help share the gospel, which God has called all of us to do. Our ability to reach people all around the world is the direct result of your prayers, your financial support, and your willingness to tell others. So from the bottom of my heart, I just want to say to you, thank you. I love you, and I thank God for you. And join me next time as we
0: continue to look into God's Word for our daily hope. This program is sponsored by Pastor Rick's Daily Hope and your generous financial support.